There are so many benefits that make live streaming and going live on your favorite social platform, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. There are so many ways this can be beneficial to your social media accounts. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Live streaming. Just me saying that word. Did it make you a little bit anxious? Did you get like a pit in your stomach? Did your face turn red? Could you feel your heart rate increase? You know, for a lot of small business owners, when I tell them the benefits of being on a live stream or just like appearing on a video or photo, they get super, super nervous. And I'm usually met with, oh, I I don't like showing pictures of myself or I don't photograph very well or I never know what to say when the camera turns on. You guys, my first several attempts at live video sucked. My first recordings of this podcast were less than stellar, but I did it and I continuously showed up and I promised you and myself that I would be consistent in delivering education, strategy, story, all the things through these mediums of audio recordings and video. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share with you ways you can incorporate video and podcasting into your own marketing for your small business. These tools are so, so powerful in 2021 for getting your story out there and getting it heard by people who are your potential customers and clients. Today, we're starting with all the reasons you need to be going live and showing that beautiful face of yours so people can get to know you, like you, and trust you, and ultimately become your customers down the road. Let's dive in. All right, so why live streaming? I know that you might have some objections to this, but there are so many benefits that make live streaming and going live on your favorite social platform, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. There are so many ways this can be beneficial to your social media accounts. And I want you to see all the ways it gets you to become closer with your potential customers. In a recent Forbes article, it was reported that people watch Facebook live videos three times longer than pre-recorded videos. Isn't that crazy? And Facebook users receive 200% more notifications about live videos than they do about pre-recorded. So think about the effectiveness of that and think about your own habits. How many times have you clicked into an Instagram live or a Facebook live because the notification popped up on your phone? Whether it's in that little globe on Facebook or popping down from the top of your screen on Instagram, chances are good that you've actually clicked in and watched a little bit. Maybe because you're interested in the topic, but also just to satisfy some curiosity. The same thing happens when you push that go live button. There's a notification that comes up, making it very tempting for your followers to click in and see just what you're talking about today. 
When you release a pre-recorded video, you don't have any of that. So it makes it a little harder for the content that you prepare to be seen when you do a pre-recorded video. But there are benefits and drawbacks to each, and we're going to dive into those a little bit in a second. Are you a small business owner who knows you can be utilizing social media marketing so much better than you are? If only you could get a little bit of guidance in how to do so. Well, wonder no more because Molly Knuth Media has put together two workshops to help you improve your social media marketing for your small business in 2021. Happening on February 1st and February 2nd are our social small business trainings. In two different workshops, you can learn how to plan content, how to create content. What are all those little numbers that you're seeing at the bottom of the Facebook post? We're going to dive into all of that in the social small business workshops. First up is Social Marketing 101, happening Monday, February 1st at noon. This is for entry-level new businesses or those who just need to get a better grasp on social media marketing. So in 90 minutes, we are going to cover why digital marketing is essential, how the algorithm works, how to pick a platform that works for you, how to brand your business, and how to create basic social media content. You're going to leave with a calendar that gives you seven days of my best, most engaging post topics so you can get started right away. Now, the next day, Tuesday, February 2nd, also at noon, there is a second 90-minute training. And this training is for those businesses who already know the social media marketing basics, but they're ready to take those followers and turn them into customers. They're ready to get better, see more views, more engagements, and more conversions in 2021. So in Digital Marketing 102, we're going to cover content planning strategy, including my pillar content strategy. We're going to talk next level content production tips and helpful apps that you can use to produce those. We're going to talk about Facebook Creator Studio and how that can help you schedule out posts for Facebook and Instagram. And we're going to talk about strategic audience engagement tips. Now, after that session, you're going to walk away with not only confidence and a whole brain full of creative ideas that you can start implementing, but you're going to get a one-month content calendar that you have a whole month of content topics created for you. If you are someone who's like, hey, I could use both of those. There's also a bundle. 101 or 102 separately is $47 each. Or if you bundle them together, it's at a reduced price of $77. But don't sleep on this offer. Head over to mollyknuthmedia.com shop. Check out Social Media Small Business 101 and 102 or look for the bundle. My favorite advantage of going live on any social platform is that it is 100% you. Whether it's you going live or someone on your team, when you're going live, there's that ability to just be your authentic self. Maybe your authentic self is nervous as hell, and maybe your authentic self is confident on camera, but it takes down the barriers that we sometimes get when we see these polished marketing commercials, and it allows us to see the people behind the business as we would interact with them if we were standing in their shop or at their counter waiting for their service. With live streaming, it's you in real time, and it really creates an authentic connection with the people who are watching you from their mobile devices. And I think that's an advantage that puts live streaming 
above and beyond the pre-recorded video format. But I know that my first live stream videos were super, super awkward. And if you want to see it firsthand, head over to Molly Knuth Media on Facebook, go to the videos tab and scroll as far down as you can get. Back in 2016, 2017, even in 2018, I was still getting comfortable with this new live format. And thankfully, when Facebook released the live option, I was just getting into this social media industry. So when I was reading articles about the possibilities of live and the advantages that were being given to the accounts who utilize this format in the algorithm, I was like, well, I have two options. I cannot do it and just keep going about my day and posting the content that I was creating in other ways, or I can get super uncomfortable and I can try it and I will get rewarded because it's what the algorithm favors right now. And I chose the latter. And when I sat down for those first couple of live videos, I tried to be as prepared as I could. But if you go back and watch those, you will see a very nervous Molly who is going live at all hours of the day that fit into her family's schedule, who is visibly red-faced because she is nervous, who is sweating from her forehead, and who has written things out on paper and then doesn't realize that when she waves it up in front of the camera that everything is going to appear backwards and therefore not be readable. I also at that point didn't realize that when I was going live, a lot of the people I knew were watching, like a lot. And after that first video, I had little dings on my phone as people were watching and they were texting me and they were saying things like, great live video and oh my gosh, I watched and that was hilarious. And personally, I was like, oh my gosh, that was not hilarious. That was me like at my very worst and just like so embarrassed about how it went. And there was one video in particular, I remember like doing this video, I think it was maybe the second one that I ever went live for, but I remember I did it at like 9 p.m., people were watching and sending me messages afterwards, and I went to bed right away afterwards and I said to my husband, I think I need to delete that video because I was so embarrassed that it was poorly delivered. And he's like, well, just sleep on it and we'll see what it's like in the morning. And thankfully I did. And when I woke up the next morning, it had so many views. So even if it wasn't like the most perfect polished piece of content I'd ever made, it still was effective because it showed up on these devices and it really got people to see the me behind the business. And I'm really thankful that I kept that video up too, because now I can kind of use it as a measuring stick and see where I was at the beginning versus how far I've come in the last four years. And by committing to live video and being consistent with my delivery of strategies and stories in that live format, I've gotten really good at pivoting. I've gotten really good at adapting to tech difficulties. I've gotten really good at clarifying what I'm saying. And all of those things kind of add up in the long run. Whether you are a service provider or a boutique, whether you are a teacher or just your average everyday social media user, You've likely seen live streaming, and you likely have a way that you can utilize it to reach your goals for your business or your small town organization. So we've talked about some of the advantages of going live. We've talked about some of my personal struggles and advantages of going live, but 
what I want to tackle next are what are some of the things you can do if you decide that this is an avenue you want to pursue in 2021, which, you know, I think it should be. It's not a secret. But when you are preparing to go live, there are a few things you can do to really set yourself up for success. So let's go through five of my tips that I think you should be thinking about to go live and to hit your marks from the get-go. Tip number one, first thing I want you to do is determine your topic and the date that you are going to go live. I want you to write it on a calendar. I want you to map it out in front of you. I want you to put it on a Facebook event if you're going live on Facebook. Why do we do all of these things? Because it gives people time to prepare and it shares with them that you are committed to this time and date. I know personally that I am someone who, if I commit it to something and I say it to others, I will show up versus if I just say to myself, you know, I'm going to go live this day. But if I don't tell anybody else about it, then me personally, I'm more likely to just say, well, I'll try it again tomorrow. I don't really feel like it today. But if it's on the calendar and I put it out in public and people can see that, I'm more likely to stick to that date. I also want you to set a date and a topic because then it gives your followers an opportunity to see what you're going to talk about. So when I am operating um, or when I was operating as Molly Knuth Media like two and three years into the live streaming part of my business, what I was doing was actually like monthly or even quarterly sometimes, I would go through and week by week map out topics. So for the month, I would choose a big topic, let's say websites. And then each week, I had a standard time that I was showing up. For a lot of times, it was like Mondays at 9 a.m. or Tuesdays at 1 p.m. And each week would be a different facet of a website. So maybe the first week, we talked about homepages. The second week, we talked about about pages. The third week, we talked about different website platforms you could use. But the whole month revolved around a similar focus. And then each week, I had a small piece of that focus that I was teaching on live. And when I had those events prepared, people who are followers on my page could see and measure whether those topics were things they were interested in or whether maybe they already knew that content or they didn't really need to tune in that week. But it gave them the opportunity to see and preview what the topic would be. It gave them the opportunity to RSVP so they could get updates and notifications to their devices. And then I would be top of mind, okay? So what I want you to do is determine, and if you're brand new to live streaming, I want you to just pick one date and one topic. If you're brand, brand new, just talk about your business, how it got started and where you're located and what you offer. Easy peasy. If you've been doing some live streaming, then I challenge you to do that framework like I just shared. Pick a month, give your month an overarching theme, and then each week teach to a piece of that theme. Pick a consistent date and time each week that you can show up to educate and put those events on Facebook. All right, so let's recap. If you're new, I want your challenge to just be going live, setting a date and doing it. If you've experienced social media live videos before, I want you to up it a notch and really commit to showing up consistently for four weeks and teaching different aspects of one major topic. And then measure how your audience is responding, how they're reacting, if they're engaging, 
and if it drives additional business for your small business. All right. So that's in the planning portion of it. Now let's talk about like the week of the actual live beyond just having the date and the event created in Facebook. What I also like to do is have a talking point list illustrated for me or written out, I guess. You can do this in a lot of ways. When I started, I would just have like a handwritten list right next to the computer. And so when I hit that go live button, I had the list out of the video's camera site and I could just read off that list. For me, it worked better to have bullet points so that I knew roughly what I was going to talk about. And then if it was in full sentences, sometimes I would get too involved in the actual sentence and then I'd lose my frame of thought. For you, do what works best, whether that's a handwritten list or like as I got going, I found new softwares to help me go live that could do a screencast at the same time. So I would put together just like a Google slideshow or now I use like Canva presentation templates. But whatever it is, whatever tech level you have or how much skill and experience you have in these live streamings, that can kind of influence what your preparation needs to be. Now that I've done this a few thousand times, (laughs) I am a little bit more flexible. I kind of don't need as much prep time to be able to teach certain subjects. But if there's something brand new, I still like to abide by those basic tenets of making a list, putting it onto a slideshow, And then that way I can look at it on my screen. People can follow along as I'm going through these talking points and it just kind of helps the presentation and the delivery of the educational content. This is obviously very heavy in my experience. So as a social media marketer, I did a lot of teaching skills and concepts for how people could DIY their own social. Let's frame this from a service professional perspective. If you want to go live, maybe you don't want to teach somebody how to put in their own overhead fan if you're an electrician. Or maybe if you are a landscaper, you don't want to teach like the secrets of your trade, but you can give little tips and hints from a live perspective, especially if you're someone who maybe has a customer service event or a customer appreciation, or you can go live and talk about one of the pieces of equipment that you use and how that sets you apart from the rest of the industry in your area. If you're a boutique, I've seen a lot of people use live video for try-on sessions, or they can do uh, live sales, or you can do a small fashion show where you can feature the same outfit on different models. So your purchasers can see what it looks like on various people and various body types. If you are uh, like, let's say just a retail location, maybe you're not a boutique, maybe you're a gas station, you can do a live video each day for your daily special. If you're a salon, maybe you can do a tip of the week, and you just go live teaching about some kind of hairstyling tip or trick. So the options are really endless. Even if you're not teaching specific technical skills online, you can still apply it to your industry in a variety of ways. But plan and think ahead and get things ready to go before you push that live button so you can alleviate a lot of stress on yourself. Okay, that was all tip number one. Man, that was a jam-packed little tidbit. All right. My tip number two, design an opening and a closing for your video. In the opening, I want you to very quickly establish the point of the day's instruction. So when you're coming on and you see that you are live, I want you to do a greeting just like you would if you were starting off a phone call. Say, hi, this is Molly. I'm here to talk to you today about blank. 
Or you can just like wait a little bit of time and give people a little rundown of what your business is or the orders of operation for the video. So the way I like to start off is say, hi, I'm Molly from Molly Knuth Media. Today I am showing up to teach you about Instagram Reels. As we go through this video, if you have a question, just drop them in the comments and I will answer it as we go through. And then I just kind of continue on with whatever the rest of the lesson is going to be about. But I like to have that little initial greeting and also instruction. So my instruction is usually for people to drop questions in the comments. For you, maybe it's something like, if you see what you like and you want to get on our schedule, give us a call or book us via our website. And you can give them that information right up front. Or maybe you have an instruction because you're trying to build community on your page. So you could say, hey, as you're joining in, say hello, give me a wave, tell me where you're tuning in from, and I'll give you a shout out during the video. So if that's what you want people to do as you're opening, make sure that you're watching the comments. And as people are logging in, you're saying, hey, I see that Laura's tuning in from Boise. Hey, Laura, thanks for joining us. So whatever your comment is up front, the thing that you're asking people to do, make sure you're checking in on that at various times throughout the live video. Similarly, at the end, I always end with a closing. So I thank people for being here. I kind of summarize what I hope they got out of the day's live, and then I give them a CTA or a call to action. And that call to action can be a variety of things. It can be giving instruction on how people can book your services. You can encourage people to follow you on your social media pages. You can encourage people to go take an action in real life. So let's say back to that installing your overhead fan example. You can tell people, okay, next thing I want you to do after this video is go check your local Lowe's and make sure that they have the kind of fan that we suggested from today's video or whatever. But these don't just have to be digital calls to action. They can be real life calls to action too. But whatever that call to action is, you need to leave the video giving your audience something to follow up with, something to do next. Otherwise, they'll just passively scroll on to the next story in their newsfeed. If you give them a call to action, they're reminded, oh yeah, I should do something with this. And then when they do that, they're thinking of you, which is kind of like ingraining you in their brain and helping them see you as the expert in this field. It serves a little bit of a twofold there, but always have an opening and always have a closing. And my favorite thing about opening and closings are they don't have to be super lengthy. They can be really short. And actually, it's encouraged for them to be relatively short because people have a super short attention span. So if you drag your intro on and you're waiting for people to get online for five minutes, you're losing so much of your audience. Similarly to your closing, if you drag it out, you're going to lose followers really fast. So say what you want to say quickly, succinctly. That way people are not losing their attention while you're opening and closing your live. All right. My tidbit number three for you is for the actual equipment and the physical location that you're going to do your live in. So it's preferred that your live broadcast is in a quiet, well-lit location. In polls, live video viewers rated the video quality the most important aspect of a live stream. Following that was the audio quality. So you want to make sure that wherever you're going live from, you are able to be seen with a relatively good definition of video and you want to be able to be heard. So things like a park, 
during a high traffic event might be a little hard to live stream from. Not impossible, but a little hard because we want to make sure that you are heard above the noise of the crowd. Similarly, going live from the basement of your home might not be the best. If it's your only option, it's fine, but try to go somewhere near a window and face the window if you're going live on video so that your face is well lit, people can see you, and you're not getting dark shadows that are like bringing down the quality level of your video. I want you to also make sure you double check your internet connection. Oh man, you guys, there was a time that I, there's been more than one time when I've tried to go live and I've dropped my internet. And that is the most discouraging feeling, right? So make sure that you check your internet speed before you go live. Make sure that you've got your ethernet cable plugged in if you have that accessibility. If you're on your phone, know whether Wi-Fi is available or if you're going to have to use your data coverage. So just make sure you're checking the strength of your broadcast signal because we don't want you to lose out on connecting with your audience for something as simple as forgetting to join the Wi-Fi network. (laughs) If you're looking to improve your audio quality, there's tons of mics out there that you can use. Um, Sometimes depending on what my video is for, I'll bust out this Yeti microphone that I have for the podcast recording. You could also get some of those, oh geez, I'm going to say it wrong, lapel mics that you can, I I, that word, I really, it was just on the corner of my brain and I thought I was going to mess it up. But you can get some of those lapel mics if you're going to have other people on video and you want them to be heard clearly. If I'm doing like a broadcast that's remote, I always ask my guests to have some headphones nearby so that we reduce echo and we ensure that the audio quality is okay. So just follow up on the environment and the surroundings before you go live. Make sure you have good lighting, make sure you can be heard, and that there's not going to be a lot of background distractions behind you, either visually or audio. So some things are unavoidable. If you're going live from an event and you want to draw attention to it, you're probably going to have people walking through the back of your broadcast, or there might be the random person who like shouts out and didn't know you were live. But if you can avoid it, don't leave clutter in the background of your broadcast. Clean it up a little bit. Make sure that what the audience sees is what you want them to see and frame it out the way you want. So that's tip number three. All right, some recommended equipment for future broadcasts that I like to use. Um, First of all, if I am just in my home office and broadcasting from my computer, I love using the software called Ecamm Live. This is only available right now for Mac users, but it is a download. There's a free version and a paid version. But what it allows me to do is bring in guests. I can screen share. So if I'm trying to discuss how to put together something on Canva, I can quickly go to screencast and then people can watch me do the step-by-steps from that software. And Ecamm can simulcast to multiple pages. It can schedule out that you're going to go live. You have the opportunity to include overlays and transitions. Honestly, I don't utilize those services, but other people do to make it look super high quality and professional. So there's just a lot of power behind that broadcast tool. And one of my favorite things, like I mentioned briefly, was the interview mode. So I can bring other people on directly from that software and the quality level is just top notch. So I can't recommend enough using Ecamm Live if live video is something you're going to double down on and use going forward. If you are using your mobile device a lot, I cannot tell you how important it is to get a tripod. 
you know, having a shaky video is really hard to watch and it can make some people motion sick. So you can either invest a small amount in getting like a desktop tripod. And I think on Amazon, those can run anywhere from like $15 to $25. Or you can get like a larger tripod if you're going to be doing a lot of full body or far away shots. But again, those are very minimal in cost, but they drastically improve the quality of your video. If you're going to be doing a lot of motion with your video, you can get something like a gimbal. Those are a little bit more expensive, but again, they just bring the quality of your video up. So what a gimbal is, is a phone holder, but as you walk, it's got a motion stabilizer, so you're not seeing the camera shake each time you take a step. The video is very smooth, and it's just like as you're moving, you can hardly tell that there's a person behind it. So gimbals are what you're looking for. I personally have a DJI gimbal that I just started using, and I can't tell you how much the quality of my video has been elevated. So check that out. Again, if this is something you're going to really commit to and double down on, some of those pieces of equipment might be worth your investment. And lighting, like I said, is always important. And if you are going live a lot from your desk, it might be worth your time to look for a desktop light ring. Or there's even some light rings that just clip to your phone or your laptop. But those can really bring up the lighting quality and enhance the features of your face so it's not dark and shadowy. There are also larger light rings that are floor models. And that way it can stand up and you can take it. I use a full-size light ring when I go and film some of my clients because it really, like I said, brings up the quality of the whole video. Okay. So those are my reasons for pursuing live video in 2021 and a few of my favorite tips for amplifying the quality of the video you produce. Now, if you want to see a training of this in real time, well, actually, it's not real time, but if you want to watch me in a live video talking about live video, head over to mollyknuthmedia.com and check out the blog that corresponds with this week's episode of the podcast. In it, you will see me talking through these steps. I demonstrate what a light ring looks like. I can talk about where exactly you push the button to go live on Facebook and Instagram and just give you a visual of all the things live. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's edition of the Small Minded Podcast. I'm Molly, your host. And next week, I'm coming at you with some podcasting tips and tricks that I don't think you're going to want to miss. All right, guys. Take care, and I will be back next week with even more. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small-minded.